Well, good morning. My name is Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here at Salem, and I am here only because God saw fit to fill my lungs with breath today. Uh, and if I live another day, you know what I want to use it for? I want to use it to share with somebody the fact that Jesus loves them, that Jesus loves me, that Jesus loves all of us. You know, it's a message that can transform everything. If, if we get it deep inside of us, that Jesus loves us and he wants us to love in turn. There's, there's a great verse in the Bible. Now, maybe you're aware of it, maybe you're not. It's John 3.16. Does anybody know that verse? Okay, so, so maybe if you grew up in a church, this was a verse that somebody had said to you at some point. Here's what that verse says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. See, I want to live a life that is a for God so loved kind of life. For God so loved. Here's what I mean by that. When I ask myself at any given moment, why am I doing what I'm doing? I want the answer to be because God so loved. God so loved that I'm living my life the way I am. It's because God so loved me. And, and I think that if, if we take really seriously the things that we read in Scripture... If I seriously believe that Jesus is my Savior, that he died for my sins and for your sins, that he rose again to new life, then, then that should change everything, right? It should change everything. And, and not everything in, in the sense that, okay, you know what? I owe Jesus one. I'll go to church every month or so. Not, not that kind of change. What I'm talking about is, is I'm loved, I'm forgiven. I'm transformed. And, and if I recall correctly, the word transformed means different. Different. And, and, and if you're different, then you're hopefully making a difference, right? If you're different, then you should be making a difference. For God so loved that we should be alive. That God so loved we should be alive. And, and, and life and love and transformation should be what we see all around us, right? Life and love and transformation is what should surround us at all time. Alive. I want you to say that word with me. Alive. Okay, say it louder and mean it. Alive. So, so what does it look like when we are spiritually alive? What does it look like? What should our lives look like? Well, we're starting this sermon series today, and it's based on the book of James, and it's called Alive. Now, in this passage of Scripture that we're going to focus on today, we're going we're gonna to get a test for signs of life. There's all sorts of tests that you can do to check if you're still alive, and sometimes it's pretty obvious, right? For, for, for human beings, knowing if we're alive seems like it should be obvious to know, but we're going to take a spiritual sign of life test today. So what I want to do is I want to jump right into this scripture from the book of James, and I want to talk a little bit about it. I want to talk a about how controversial it is theologically, and then I want to talk about how it can show us how to live. So I'm going to start here in James chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 14. It says this, my brothers and sisters, what good, it is, what good is it if people say they have faith, but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. What if one of you said, go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal, 
What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. Someone might claim, you have faith and I have action, but how, but how can I see your faith apart from your actions instead? I'll show you my faith by putting it into practice in faithful action. It's good that you believe that God is one. Ha, even the devil, the demons believe this and they tremble with fear. Are you so slow? Do you need to be shown that faith without actions has no value at all? What about Abraham, our father? Wasn't he shown to be righteous through his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? See, his faith was at work along with his actions. In fact, his faith was made complete by his faithful actions. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and God was regarded and God regarded him as righteous. What is more, Abraham was called God's friend. So you see that a person is shown to be righteous through faithful actions and not through faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute shown to be righteous when she received the messengers as her guests and then sent them on uh, by another road? As the lifeless body is dead, so faith without actions is dead. Now, I want to back up a little and talk about this book we're reading, James, because we're going to spend a little bit of time this month in the book of James. This is a letter that was written to the early church. Do you know who the author of this letter is? James. Yes, James. That, was, that wasn't a trick question. It was James. Now, now, there is a little bit of confusion about who might have written this because Jesus had two close disciples named James, but, but many scholars think that this was, as, as Pastor Terry said, James's half-brother. So James is mentioned both in the book of Acts and he's mentioned in the writings of Paul. Now, I want to address a very thorny theological issue. Who likes, who's, where's my theological nerds in the room? Any? Come on, who, who likes theological controversies? Oh, yes, yeah, Steve back there. Yeah, we, we sometimes get together and have coffee about theological controversies. So me and you, Steve, this is all about us today, okay? So there's a huge theological controversy at the center of James. Quick diversion, who likes Trivial Pursuit? Okay, okay, well, maybe some of you can help this out. You're going to be a superstar, Joe Swan, today. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of church history questions. Well, well, some are church history, some are just religion questions. So what kind of church is Salem? United Methodist. Now, what kind of a denomination is United Methodism? It's Protestants. Now, Protestantism is a big branch of Christianity. Now, who started the Protestant Reformation? Any, any ideas? Martin Luther. So Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation. Now, uh, Martin Luther was a uh, German priest in the Catholic Church. Now, at the time, the Catholic Church was very focused on people doing things, okay? If you sin, you do these things, and your sins will be forgiven. Maybe give some money to the church, and you can cut off some time in purgatory. That was one of the things that really annoyed Martin Luther was these things called indulgences, where the church was saying, hey, maybe just give us a little bit more money, and we'll help you out spiritually. And that really, really bothered him, okay? Um, because he had started reading uh, closely the words 
of the Apostle Paul. And he kept coming up against this idea of justification by faith alone. Faith alone, that we are saved by faith alone. And maybe the, the key scripture you could look at uh, that, that really puts this in plain English is Galatians 2, 8, 9. It says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that anyone, so that, so that no one can boast. See, that idea of us being saved by grace alone is what makes us Protestants. Um, we are people of grace. We, not works, saved by Jesus' actions, not ours. Is that crystal clear? Except the book of James. And then James comes along and he says this, faith without works is dead. Now, this is probably not going to surprise some of you. Um, Martin Luther, that guy who started the whole Protestant Reformation, he thought that we should throw out the book of James. He said it should be, you know, thrown on the straw heap and set on fire. He did not like this book at all. And why? Because it seemed to, to contradict Paul. But I don't really think it contradicts. See, have you ever looked at something with one eye, just one eye? And then you open your eyes and it looks a little bit different, right? Why? Because when you, when you look at something from one angle, it looks one way. But when you get a second angle, you get some depth perception, right? I think that's what we get from the book of James, is we're seeing what Paul said, but just from a different angle. I think James's point is not that much different than Paul's. See, I think James's point is giving us a picture of what our life really looks like when lived out, when the love of Jesus is alive on the inside of us, and we can't help but live it out. See, he says it this way, that good works are a confirmation, not a condition of a relationship with Jesus. That good works are a confirmation, not a condition of a relationship with Jesus. We love not to earn God's love, but because we've already felt it. And we're forever changed by that love. I want to look real quick again at verses 15, uh, verses 15 through 17. It says this, Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. What if one of you said, go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal? What good is it if you don't give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. See, I... James is, James is not saying that good works save us. He's saying that the acts of love that we share with other people around us, the acts of compassion that come out of us, they prove that the love of Jesus is in us. When we make a difference in the world, what does it do? It proves that we're different. When we love, it proves that we've been loved. See, it's proof of life. The proof of Jesus' life on the inside of us. Now, I had mentioned earlier that Martin Luther rejected James because it seemed to contradict Paul. Um, one of Martin Luther's protégés was a German theologian named Philip, uh, Philip Melanchthon. And uh, he was able to better understand this. And he has this great quote where, where he kind of puts the two together. And he says this, We are saved by faith alone, but not by a faith that remains alone. We are saved by faith alone, but not a faith that remains alone. Do you hear that? It starts in here, but it can't stay there. It can't stay there. It's got to be alive on the inside and the outside of us. 
Have you ever tried something and it was so good that you couldn't stop talking about it? Have you ever experienced something and you just couldn't shut up because you wanted everybody else to know? I've shared this story before, but um, about once a year, uh, usually around annual conference, uh, which is when the pastors uh, and lay people from the United Methodist Church of Missouri gather together once a year, uh, my family, we stop on the way to Lambert's Home of the Throat Rolls. Anybody been there? Ooh, yes. It's so good. So it's basic southern comfort food served in insane proportions, okay? And uh, we, we were there one time, and my son, Dash, who was probably about eight at the time, uh, he, he ordered chicken and dumplings and never had dumplings before that. Uh, he was being adventurous. But then um, when they came and they brought out his order, uh, and he tasted chicken and dumplings for the first time, it was like he met Jesus Christ face to face. He just, he just loved it. He loved it. And my wife had to say, slow down, slow down. And, and he just kept saying to everybody, it's so good. He made every, all his brothers try it. He made me and my wife try it. And, and he was like, this is so good. This is so good. You got to try it. He stopped a waiter and was like, you got to try this. When you've tasted the love of Jesus, you cannot help but share it with somebody. You cannot help but living it out in acts of love and compassion for the world around us, that is what James is saying, that good works are a confirmation, not a condition of a relationship with Jesus. It's from a heart that's filled up with the love of Jesus that we want to reach out in extravagant love and, and show the world, hey, oh, there's someone that loves you so much. You are so deeply loved. You are so deeply forgiven. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Listen, we want to be a church that's alive for all the world to see. You know, like James tells us, faith without acts of love and compassion is a dead faith. So, so starting today and in this whole sermon series, what we want to do is we want to connect everyone here with real hands-on ways that you can be outside of this building or sometimes inside this building serving others with the love of Jesus. Hands-on, real compassion lived out from the inside out. So one of the things, some of you might have seen this already, but we're having a thing today uh, called an outreach fair. And what we did was we, we have upstairs where you get donuts and coffee, uh, some tables where we have folks who serve in many of the outreaches that we that we. Uh, we have here at the church that we invite you to be a part of. And, and here's what I would like is, is that uh, after Pastor Terry comes up and we, we take communion, we, we drink deeply of the love of Jesus, I, I'd like to encourage you to head upstairs and take a couple minutes, um, either have a conversation with somebody up there, or you could see we, we, we made some really cool, uh, Roy Jones Jr. put together some of these boards that have uh, information on what we do, how we reach out, how we show the love of Jesus in the community. Go up there, and, and if, if you bring yourself up there, bring your family up there. If you're a parent, I would really encourage you, show your kids how your church is reaching out. Show your kids how your church is trying to be alive with the love of Jesus. Because you know what? We, we could say we have all the faith in the world, but if we're not putting hands and feet to that, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I want to invite you into that. You know, it's, it's one thing to believe deeply and to know that you're forgiven, but it can't stop there. So 
In a moment, Pastor Terry is going to lead us in a time of communion. I want to be sure to mention this, though, because I think it's a very important fact. You know, James said that faith without works is dead, but here's something that probably somebody needs to hear. It's also true that works without faith is dead. There might be the case of somebody who's here who, who wants to try so hard, so hard, so hard to win God's love by doing stuff. And I want you to know that God already loves you. God is inviting you into a deep personal relationship. He's not asking you to do, do, do. He's asking you, come be a part of my love and then give out. That's because there's this thing that happens. Have you ever heard of growing weary and well-doing? That's what happens when we serve from a heart that's not connected to the grace of Jesus. We give out of a tank that's not being refilled by the unending love of our Savior. And Jesus' love never runs out. You know, the cross is such a powerful symbol. Have you ever noticed that a cross is both vertical and horizontal, right? I think that's what our life as Christians is supposed to look like. We're connected by the grace of Jesus to the unending, inexhaustible love of God. And that gives us the love and the grace and the compassion to reach out over here and over here. The love of God is inexhaustible so we can reach out in extravagant love. Amen? I'm going to invite Pastor Terry to come up. Will you pray with me? Lord God, as we enter into your presence again as we drink deeply of your love. I pray that you would work on our hearts. Help us to be a people who reach out in extravagant love, that your love would come bubbling up from the inside of us and it would just flow out over a world that is desperate to know your love and has desperate needs, that we as a church can go out and say the love of Jesus can help. The love of Jesus can make a difference. We've been transformed. Help us, God, to transform the world. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen.